Well, welcome to the Water Cooler, everybody. I'm David Brody. I'm glad you're with us. It's Tuesday, November 17th. In case you haven't noticed, ding, ding, ding. The gloves are off. Trump-Biden 2020. How about that graphic for you? The election not over, even though the media says it is. The slugfest does not let up, and we have more new developments yet again today. Uh, Joe Biden, by the way, playing the role of president-elect very nicely, A for effort. Today, he's naming his White House senior advisors, even though... We're in the middle of a contested election. Nice form, Joe. Uh, maybe Biden needs to turn on the TV to see the news that they are now finding more Trump votes in Georgia. Trickle, trickle, trickle. What is the next shoe to drop? Meanwhile, election censorship back in the news. Did it ever really leave? Well, of course not. I'm being rhetorical, even if I can't spell it. We're going to hear from those two guys, Facebook's Mark Zuckerberg and Twitter's Jack Dorsey, as they testify up on Capitol Hill. We're going to call them Dorseyberg. That's what I think our name for them is going to be. But first, our newsmaker, happy to have back with us on the program, Laura Trump, senior advisor to the Trump campaign. Laura, great to see you again. Thank you. Great to be back with you. Well, our, like, let's start with the post-election fight. What's the biggest focus of the campaign right now, Laura? Well, the focus is making sure that every legal vote is counted. I think there are many people in this country who feel like uh, this election was not done fairly. You know, you've seen the number of allegations, uh, the number of lawsuits that we've brought forward as a cam campaign, the affidavits we have that have been signed by people saying that there was absolute questionable, uh, you know, it, things that happened over the course of this election. And, and so we want to make sure that every single vote that has legally been cast is counted in this election. And David, I think when that happens, I think People have, have very clearly seen that Donald Trump has gained 10 million votes from his total in 2016. The enthusiasm for this president out there has surpassed anyone's expectations. And I think we feel like he's going to be the winner whenever legal vote is counted. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that because the media, boy, I tell you what, they're on that president-elect Joe Biden bandwagon. We're going to have Zeke Miller from the Associated Press on uh, later in the show, and we'll ask him about some of those questions. What do you make of the media's uh, treatment of, of the way this is being handled? Yeah, well, it's really shocking. You know, the media, uh, there's a lot you can say about those folks. But in this case in particular, I would remind people that it is not up to the mainstream media to decide who is president of the United States. It is up to the electors around the country in each state. And they have not decided uh, who, who it is yet officially. They have not cast their vote for the, the future president of the United States. Um, it's really sad to see how this has all played out. And I think uh, that what it has done is made this country even more divided. I mean, look, again, from our perspective, Donald Trump won this election. And when you had folks out there celebrating on the other side, when you're continuing to call someone president-elect Biden, that, quite frankly, we don't think that that is the case. I think it's going to be a big, big problem. And I think that there's going to be a huge reckoning for the media when this is all said and done. But look, we want the process to play out. We want, uh, again, every legal vote counted. And we believe on the other side of that, that it's going to show that by and large, the mainstream media has let down the people of this country uh, in a very, very big way. Well, Laura, we have seen the trickle, trickle, trickle start to come out in Georgia, in Nevada. I can go on to a few other places as well. I am wondering about the this idea that Biden calls himself president-elect. He even said the other day that uh, the more the transition doesn't take place, uh, that that will cost lives when it comes to COVID. That seems pretty 
pretty uh, pretty bold talk by the uh, by the man who I guess is named Joe Biden. Yeah, well, look, it's Donald Trump who has been on top of the coronavirus vaccine from day one. It is Donald Trump that told us not too long ago that there would be a vaccine on the horizon. Now, isn't it funny that even though apparently they had a vaccine ready to go that they could have announced to the public uh, back in October, they waited until after the election was over. And now we know that there are vaccines that have been approved 90 percent, 94 percent effective rate for people in this country, uh, that those will hopefully be distributed very, very soon. Um, but you hear that Joe Biden is talking about shutting down the country again. You hear Joe Biden say that you can't have Thanksgiving limited to 10 people. I mean, this is not what the people of America want to hear right now. We have had a very tough 2020. We now have a vaccine uh, that will be distributed to the American people in short order. And, and look, people deserve to have Thanksgiving. People deserve to have Christmas of all years this year. Uh, it's been very disappointing to hear what has come out of Joe Biden uh, from, from the beginning, even from back in January. Of course, we all remember Donald Trump stopping travel coming from China, yeah. Joe Biden calling it xenophobic. Uh, but you lead it up to now and this, this fake uh, president-elect office he's got behind him uh, on, on all of his uh, press conferences, if you call them that, speeches that he's given. Giving, uh, it's just ridiculous. Donald Trump has been on top of this. He continues to stay on top of it. He saved countless American lives with everything he's done, and this vaccine will be no different. Laura, just so, to follow up on that, so you believe this vaccine news that came out after the election was done, in essence, to hurt the president? Well, I think it's hard to see it any other way, quite frankly. I mean, mm -hmm. whenever they knew in October that there was a vaccine that, that had been approved, you heard the president in the debates talk about it multiple times, say we are weeks away from having a vaccine approved. And, of course, the media ran overtime with it. Well, that's not true. You had all the experts out there saying, mm -hmm. well, Donald Trump is lying about this. Actually, Donald Trump was exactly right. We probably at that time already had the vaccine approved, but for whatever reason, uh, it looks very suspicious to people. They decided not to come out and announce it to the public. Yeah. Um, you know, there are a lot of questions that still need to be answered on why that happened. I've got to play you something from Mark Zuckerberg today from Facebook. He was testifying in front of the Senate. I want you to hear this and react to it. He talks about election, <laughs> election integrity. Hear from Mark Zuckerberg. Have a listen. We partnered with Reuters and the National Election Pool to provide reliable information about results. We attached voting information to posts by candidates on both sides and additional contexts to posts trying to delegitimize the outcome. We locked down new political ads in the week before the election to prevent misleading claims from spreading when they couldn't be rebutted. We strengthened our enforcement against militias and conspiracy networks like QAnon to prevent them from using our platforms to organize violence or civil unrest. Altogether, I believe this was the largest election integrity effort by any private company in recent times. Well, Laura Trump, your reaction. Well, it's funny that he points out QAnon. What about Antifa? Well, I thought the uh, same you know, thing, you, yeah. You never, David, you never hear these folks call out Antifa. We have yet to hear Joe Biden come out and say anything about the way Antifa was harassing and, and beating people in the streets that came to the, the, the Million MAGA March uh, last weekend in Washington, D.C. Um, but I think very clearly we've all known whose side these big tech companies and social media companies are on. They have always been on the side of the Democrats. They're trying to do everything they can to cover up for for, you know, groups 
like Antifa, which Joe Biden, don't forget, mentioned uh, as just an idea. And, and it's, yeah. it's really kind of sad to see that. Um, I think conservatives have known for a long time that we are being censored, that we are being shadow banned, that we are being suppressed uh, by these social media outlets. And, and I wish just once you would hear somebody call out both sides of the aisle, but uh, we have yet to hear that. Laura, I've got to ask you, uh, before I let you go about Fox News, uh, obviously people like Sean Hannity and Laura Ingram, Judge Judge Janine, all, you know, they're all great in the evening. Uh, but but the daytime program, I you know the president has some real problems with, and it did, did seem to take a turn when Fox called Arizona very early for Joe Biden. I want to get your reaction to what's going on with Fox News and try to try to understand it a little bit more about what's going on there. There's a lot of frustration in the conservative base. Yeah, well, and I think rightly so. It felt like for, for a long time that Fox News was one of the very few places that you could turn to get actual information and not have it, you know, uh, divulged through through people who, quite frankly, seemed like, like they were working for the, the DNC oftentimes. Um, it was very disappointing um, on election night, I think, to have that call for Arizona made so, so early by Fox News. I think it made a lot of people sit up and say, what is going on here? Um, and, and then to your point, to see some of the other content that they've put out there and the way they've operated, uh, the way they've dealt with some folks on our campaign um, over the past week or so has has been rather shocking. Uh, but look, I think that the people in this country will speak out in a big way. You've seen that their, their ratings have not been what they usually are. And uh, we always leave it up to the people. They'll, they'll make their voice heard one way or another. I've got to ask you about the president, your father-in-law. Uh, tell me about not just his mood, but when might we hear from him at some point? This we're, we're just we're used to hear <laughs> we're used to hearing <laughs> from him all the time, but uh, we're, we're not. Uh, is that done? Uh, how do I say this intentionally? I mean, is he, I know he wants the process to play out, but this is very unusual to not hear from him for such a long time. Well, you hear from him on Twitter, which we know is his, his yeah. favorite outlet. So True. he certainly is getting his, his message out that way. But look, I think like every American, um, he's waiting to, to have, as you just said, the process play out. He wants to make sure that things are done properly. Um, but I'll tell you, I was with him last week and he is in great spirits. I mean, we know Donald Trump is a fighter uh, of all fighters. He He's a man that never gives up, never gives in. And this is no different. Look, we, we know that Donald Trump won this election fair and square. We intend to prove that. Now, it's sad that we have to, to go that far and actually prove something uh, like that. It should have been done the right way the first time around. We shouldn't have to be doing recounts in Georgia. We shouldn't be having to sue states and, and have all these crazy lawsuits out there. But unfortunately, that's where we found ourselves. So, look, he's in great spirits. He's a fighter. He's going to fight this thing all the way. And we hope for a great outcome in four more years of this president. Laura Trump, always great to see you. Thanks so much for doing uh, this interview interview with us. I know it's one of the few, or you haven't done any since uh, the election. Yeah, so you're my first one. <laughs> well, we take it as an honor. Appreciate you being here. Thanks so much. Thank you. All right. That's Laura Trump, uh, senior advisor to the Trump campaign. And as she just said there, and the news out of that is, look, this ain't over. Uh, they believe they have won this election and they're going to, they're out to prove it. Uh, and now we wait to see what evidence they can come up with from a widespread scenario. The media says, give me a break. The Trump campaign says not so fast. Back in a moment with more on the water cooler. Okay. It's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. 
Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. You know, always good to check in with a good doctor once in a while. You know, I know it might be a co-pay situation, but you've got to keep up on your regular checkups. By the way, that has nothing to do with what we're going to talk about, because we're going to talk about the vaccine specifically and Thanksgiving and COVID and some doctor advice. We want to bring in Dr. Jesse Pelletier, the president of Halodyne, uh, who is uh, joining us now. Uh, Dr. Pelletier, really appreciate your uh, time here. David, it's a pleasure to have me on. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Well, talk to me a little bit about this uh, this vaccine that we're hearing so much about. I mean, you are the president of Halodyne, so you know you've got uh, something invested. When I say invested, at least invested in the the safety of Americans and and coronavirus, because you 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 started Halodyne. So tell me a little bit about what we should expect from a potential vaccine that could be very close here. Yeah, I mean. Uh the vaccine, Moderna and Pfizer now reporting, these are really great days for science and, and humanity at large. Uh, it means that there might finally be an end to this pandemic at some point in 2021, perhaps late or even towards the end of 2021. But a lot will still need to go right, of course. Um, there, are, there remain a lot of unanswered questions, and there's a large gap between now having the data on some of the efficacy and actually developing a population-based immunity. So that's gonna take a while. Um, there, again, are a lot of questions, uh, which include what type of protection is conferred for mild disease, moderate disease, severe disease? What is the duration of the immunity? Is it just a couple of months or six months? Will we need booster vaccines or booster shots? Um, and what type of immunity will there be? Will, will it be sterilizing where we can no longer be infected or will it be non-sterilizing immunity where we can be infected but not shed virus, uh, you know, and infect other people? So many questions, uh, many, many still unanswered, but really uh, uh, there's more light at the end of the tunnel here than we had before. And I think that's palpable amongst our, you know, our colleagues in the city and great, great nation in the United States. Doctor, I want to ask you about this. When it comes to the safety, I mean, I guess we'll find out. So far, it seems to be going along well. But what's, what's the wary part of this? I mean, in other words, what, what should people think about regarding this vaccine? A lot of people are going to be concerned that it might have been rushed and all of that. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the trials, they're enrolled in, in incredibly robust. You know, over both trials between Moderna and Pfizer, you know, we're looking at 80,000 people who have been enrolled. So, and, and we haven't seen any serious adverse events, and that's just, just great news. So I would fully trust a vaccine like this. But some local injection site uh, inflammation or flu-like symptoms, and we've even heard from, uh, you know, some of these vaccines a, a day or two, if it's not feeling well, like you might have to do something. That would all be completely normal. Um, I, I would really trust these vaccines with the uh, data and some of the uh, independent assessment that's going to go into the process. So I'm yeah. very excited. 
You know, there, Thanksgiving just around the corner, and uh, there are some governors, not that we, we're not going to get into politics here, but there are some governors that are coming out with many COVID restrictions as it relates to Thanksgiving. Oregon, for example, uh, the governor there, the, uh, the Oregon governor, Kate Brown, uh, saying this, large parties uh, could trigger fines or jail time during the coronavirus freeze. And then you've got the mayor in Chicago, the Chicago's mayor, saying you must cancel the normal Thanksgiving plans. Uh, from a doctor's perspective, what should people know about going into Thanksgiving? Because those seem pretty pretty radical uh, suggestions. Yeah, I mean, Thanksgiving, you know, of, of course, this is going to be a difficult time. We, we have to realize the psychological toll this virus has taken on a lot of us. Mm -hmm. And it can be very therapeutic to spend time with our family and friends and break bread. But in certain parts of the country, something like this doesn't make sense. Uh, you know, now, me personally, of course, I'm against any sort of uh, overarching uh, mandate to, to stay at home um, you know, that comes from the top. But at certain local levels where levels of prevalence and incidence of infection are very high, some of these, some of these measures may make sense. A lot of it depends on, on real-time tracking of data in your community. Uh, what's the percentage of positive infections? Uh, what's the prevalence? What's the incidence? How many people might you have in quarantine or isolation? Mm -hmm. So yeah, a lot of this may seem uh, draconian, but in certain cases it may be necessary depending on spread. Can you give us a little roadmap for people attending Thanksgiving celebrations, maybe either out of town or even in town at other, someone's home? And, you know, what what should be some of the simple protocol stuff? I mean, obviously washing your hands and all that. But I mean, is there something that we should remember when we're gathering in these small gatherings? Because I know a lot of governors and even the CDC saying the small gatherings are are now a bit of a concern. Sure, of course, it's a great question. I mean, first of all, you know, the safest thing is to do it virtually, of course, but a lot of us aren't, aren't going yeah. to do that. And another option is to bubble. You, you might take people within your household and say, okay, over the next two weeks, we're gonna get ourselves tested and we're not gonna do things like taking, like taking risks. And then when we come together, we'll be much safer and we can spend that time together. That's option two, it's very difficult as well. The third is, you know, you have, to, you have to understand that there's going to be risk in any decision that we make, and we have to always assess the risk benefits and alternatives. Uh, so we want to make sure that if we are going to gather together, that we, we, we spread it out, we keep six feet apart, we try to keep some sort of adequate ventilation. It's not so hard for me because I live in Miami, but perhaps in colder climates, we, we crank up the heat and, and, and open the windows. Um, and, and try just to message throughout the dinner, as hard as it may be, especially when judgment is impaired, when alcohol is served. That, that you need to mask up, you need to distance, you need to wash your hands and follow the, the basic pillars of, of infection control. And that's, that's all we can do. But as you know, life yeah. is, a, is an assessment of risk. Uh, before we let you go, I want you to tell me a little bit more about uh, Halodyne, uh, because we've got a little less than a minute or so. Tell me about that, because it's been very, very uh, important in the fight against coronavirus. Yes, it, it certainly has. So Halodyne is a povidone iodine-based antiseptic that kills SARS-CoV-2 or the virus that causes COVID-19, and it kills it in the nose and the mouth. So that's important because in the nose and the mouth, you have this infectious viral particles, which then enter droplets and aerosols. So by killing this virus, we're able to basically defang the aerosols and droplets that are, that are produced so that they're no longer infectious. So when you use something like halodyne in conjunction with masks, we can really uh, give it a shot at breaking the back of viral transmission. So we're very excited about our product and uh, we've had great success to this point. And 10 seconds or so, how do people, I mean, you, it obviously has to be prescribed or, or how does that work exactly? 
It's an FDA registered OTC. So www.halodyne.com. You can order online. Okay, over the counter, the old OTC. All right, <laughs> Dr. Jesse Pelletier, really appreciate your time. Hope you'll come back. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Sounds good. He's got the white coat and everything, which is impressive. I think, Madison, just an FYI, I may go to the white coat next time, talking to my producer, Madison. Uh, she says she's confirming. She says white coat for the next uh, show, possibly. So <laughs> that's not in the budget, though. All right, back in a moment with Zeke Miller from the Associated Press. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Welcome back to the water cooler, everybody. All right. Uh, how is the media covering this, uh, I'm about to say, presidential election? Hold on. Where are we exactly? Oh, that's right. We're in November of 2020. The post-presidential election, which kind of in a way still feels like the presidential election. Look, I'm tired of talking about it. Let's bring in Zeke Miller, uh, a correspondent with the Associated Press, uh, who I've known for a while. Hey, Zeke, uh, good to have you on the program, sir. Thank you for having me. Well, I don't even know where to begin. Why don't we just talk about kind of the latest as it relates to this polar opposite uh, universe. Uh, talk to me a little bit about covering this story because you've got the, the, the Trump uh, avenue and then you've got the president-elect Biden avenue. And it really seems like a very unique situation for a journalist to cover here. You know, always during a presidential transition, you are trying to cover two different administrations, one sort of in its waiting days and one trying to sort of get, get sea legs under itself. Uh, what, what's interesting here is that the, sort of the flurry of activity on both sides, uh, both at the White House, the, the, whether it be the legal challenges, the efforts by, on the part of the outgoing administration to try to get its last minute rulemaking and, and actions done before January 20th. Um, it, 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 the volume of that is certainly a little bit higher now than it, than it has been in, in previous uh, transitions. And then also uh, the effort on the part of uh, the president-elect, uh, uh, Joe Biden's efforts to sort of fill the void of the president sort of stepping back and receding from public view has created a lot more activity on that side as well. So, uh, you know, just like everything else in 2020, it's, it's keeping us busy. Yeah, yeah, I bet. Uh, the Hill is up with a piece today. And of course, it's all over the news. But the Hill says Biden draws from campaign to fill key White House roles and goes on to talk about how uh, these folks will be great additions to the White House administration. And I'm trying try or to the Biden administration. I'm thinking the Trump folks are saying, hold on for a second. I guess my question to you is how how do you cover the, the Trump portion of all of this? Because there always seems to be a comma in a lot of the media's reporting. In other words, uh, Donald Trump said this, comma, even though it's all basically not true. I know that's not what the Associated Press says, but it, it does feel like there's always a disclaimer with everything President Trump says. How, how do you guys decipher and make your way through all of that? You know, obviously, when it comes to evaluating statements from any public figure, any president, any, uh, anyone in public life, you know, we're, we're going to aggressively fact check it and provide our readers with the context that they need. In the case of uh, sort of the circumstances we find ourselves in right now, where uh, the president is saying that he won the election when that is demonstrably false, we point that out to to our to our readers in the sense that you know even if there were 
uh, if these recounts find a certain number of votes flipping one way, the other votes that were potentially not counted or not counted accurately in a certain small number of states, that's not enough to overturn the, uh, the, the electoral college outcome here. Uh, and that is sort of what we were able to sort of stay with, our, with confidence to our readers. Zeke, I want to ask you something. I asked Paul Farhi from The Washington Post. I asked Rick Klein. This, I want to ask you as well. Um, there is a potential, potential Pulitzer Prize out there for journalists if they p- would potentially do some digging on Dominion voting system. I'm not suggesting that there is this big two, three million uh, votes that were switched. I- I'm not suggesting that at all. But what I am saying is, wh- where is the digging by the media specifically on this? Because you would think if it was the other way, there's a lot of folks that would say, well, if Biden's camp was making this claim, the media would out be checking this out. It doesn't seem like the media is checking out a lot of these claims. They're just kind of blowing it off and saying they're bogus. You know, uh, I know that I'm in contact with our uh, election integrity team uh, at the Associated Press pretty frequently. We are all in Slack together in this environment. And you know, we run down every every claim and, you know, our, our fact checking team does our does their best to dig into the, the, the substance of the matter here. And there's still this, you know, there's no evidence that uh, that there's any sort of widespread effort. And if you look no further than the Trump administration itself, uh, the Department of Homeland Security, uh, CISA, which is a, an agency that the president himself signed into into law into creation two years ago, said there's no evidence uh, of any votes mm-hmm. being shifted by any election services provider. There, there's a lot of folks that are frustrated with the media. They want uh, more of a fair coverage and not to blow off the Trump uh, claims of, of voter fraud. What would it take, do you believe, Zeke, to, to have the media pay more attention uh, to this? Uh, right now, the media's focus is more on the Biden transition process. What would it need to take? What kind of smoke, smoking gun would, they need to, would the media need to see uh, for this to be more verifiable, do you think? You know, I, I'm going to take issue with, 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 with the, the premise there, David, because I think we, we are giving it a lot of, of credit. We're looking into every single one of these allegations that uh, that the, the Trump campaign and his attorneys have had made. Uh, you know, the Associated Press will be there in the, in, in the courtroom today when Rudy Giuliani is, is stepping in as the president's lawyer uh, in Pennsylvania. We've been covering recount, uh, recount efforts the audit in, in Georgia, whether or not the Trump campaign is going to file for one in, in Wisconsin. We're staying up on all of these things. The, the issue is that uh, the Trump side has yet to provide any anything substantive that would suggest, you know, that anything more than a than a negligible number of votes would potentially be shifted. Uh, you know, the outcome of the race where the president is, it, it, uh, trails by such substantial margins across so many states that and and so far in the electoral vote count, uh, you know, leads us to sort of, you know, we know where this is going to end up. It's a foregone conclusion because the data points to it. There is no evidence to support it going in a different direction. You don't believe there might be any scenario at all where the president could potentially come out on top after all is said and done? I mean, there does seem to be some question marks out there still unresolved because there's the certification process that, you know, they got the safe harbor date by December 8th. Yeah, I mean, certainly there, there, there are processes that states have to run through. But uh, in terms of, of, of certifying the results, getting the electors there, but there's no evidence that these states are going to do anything different than what the voters uh, voted on. Uh, on November third and the, and the weeks leading up to it, uh, yeah. we sort of know where uh, you know they they've made their uh, the voters have spoken. Uh, yes, there's a potential in some states for state legislators legislatures to try to overturn the will of voters. Though the legislatures in, in those states, you know, 
potentially, particularly Pennsylvania being one of them, have said they're not going to do that. They're going to listen to their voters. So that's, you know, that, again, sort of supports that this isn't going to change. Hey, yeah, Zeke, uh, less than a minute left. What do you say to some of the critics uh, who, you know, the media keeps saying, listen to us, we're the fact checkers, you know, we're trying to get to the truth, but there's so many people that distrust the media. So uh, th that seems to be a challenge for you guys. You know, you the media wants to say, look at us, listen to us, please don't go with the conspiracy theories. But they also don't trust the media, too. That seems to be a, a potential problem there. No, I, I think, you know, we're not we're not asking people to sort of trust us at face value. I think one of the things that we at the Associated Press have done, and I think mm -hmm. broadly in the media have done this year, is we're trying to show our work. We're, we're giving, uh, we're, we're, we're documenting every step that we're taking. You know, one of the things that we did with mm -hmm. our race calls this year, we explained, you know, th with the math, how, you know, we, we were able to d d decisively and conclusively show um, how, how, how President-elect Joe Biden won this election and President yeah. Donald Trump lost. And we're, and we're going to keep doing that. I think it's incumbent on all of us to sort of show our work and show to the people what, you know, where things are. Zeke Miller, always a pleasure to have you. Thanks so much, and, and thanks for your work uh, across the country. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. All right, Zeke Miller from the Associated Press. Right, when we come back, lots more to discuss. Jenny Beth Martin from Tea Party Patriots will be here. She has a sense of what's going down in Georgia. She'll talk about it when we come back. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Welcome back to the water cooler, everybody. All right, well, you know the uh, famous song, the Charlie Daniels song, right? The devil went down to Georgia. Well, how about the devil is in the details uh, down in Georgia? Because boy, oh boy, uh, they've got a few, quote, issues I shouldn't even put that in air quotes. I mean, they've got issues down in Georgia. Uh, we want to talk more about it from an election fraud standpoint with Jenny Beth Martin uh, with the uh, Tea Party Patriots. Always great to see you, Jenny Beth. Really appreciate you being here. Oh, thank you so much. It's great to be with you. Well, I don't even know where to begin other than just kind of you're there on the ground. Kind of give us the latest of what you're hearing. Uh, we, we know about some of these votes now that apparently are in the Trump column after down in Fulton County. Talk to us a little bit about what you know. Well, um, there are a few, a few things. One, the recount is going on, and um, there's just not enough openness or transparency with the recount. There are designated monitors who have been able to go in and see the people who are recounting, but they've been assigned to um, 10 groups or 10 teams of two people, so one designated monitor from each campaign observing 20 different people. That means that they, they're not able to look at the actual ballot and see if what the people are counting is correct or not. Now, in some cases, they may have been able to be assigned to one or four t groups of, of um, two, two people counting, but still, they have not been able to, to actually see what's happening with the actual ballot because they're not able to get close enough to view it. Also, when the counts move down the line and they're trying, people are trying to see what the counts actually are, 
There is no transparency with that. And that just creates a lot more tension and stress. Instead of this being an open, transparent process to rebuild trust in the election system in Georgia, it actually is just making it even more difficult to trust it. The other thing is that um, we still have not had an audit of the signatures. And by that, I mean the signatures on the absentee ballot applications and also on the outer envelope of the absentee ballots. Staffers of boards of elections had more absentee ballots than ever before, and they had no oversight as they were monitor as they were approving who got an absentee ballot and also um, when the absentee ballot came back in whether it was valid or not because there was no public oversight for that. So one of the things that the Trump campaign and the Georgia Republican Party and then people like me who are voters in Georgia are calling for is a full audit of those signatures to make sure that the people, we're counting ballots right now. We want to make sure the ballots we're counting were actually legally cast ballots. So Jenny Beth, who who would be responsible for that? And what's the holdup on, on a potential audit? I mean, is this Republicans in the state? Um, right now, I think that the hold it may be the Secretary of State. I think that he would have the authority to be able to go ahead and call for that kind of audit, but he may not. And what I think is going to happen is it's going to take a court action in order to see that. But this is really important. After the last election two years ago, Democrats did not feel like they had a, a fair election in Georgia. And now after this election, 77% of Republicans don't think that they had they think the election was stolen from them. So you've got both political parties who do not trust the election system in Georgia. And um, at the end of this, we have to be able to have that trust. Also, based on the things that I have seen um, and the lack of transparency and the reluctance in the um the determination not to allow an audit of those signatures, it, it just brings up a lot of questions and makes you wonder, what are they, why won't they let us have an audit of that? Why won't they yeah. let us double check that the ballots were cast legally? They're just creating more distrust rather than, than rebuilding it. By the way, Jenny Beth, who sets the rules on the hand count? I mean, how does that work in terms of, you know, whatever it is, uh, 20 people get or 10 people get to see X amount of ballots? How, how does that work? And is there any input at all by uh, certain other parties? Um, this was all set by the Secretary of State's office. I know that um, the Trump campaign and the Georgia Republican Party sent a, a letter to the Secretary of State requesting some some changes. I would imagine the Biden campaign did the same. I, I'm not positive yeah. about that. But from what I can tell, the Secretary of State was not listening to those requests and just said it however he wanted. He did designate people from the Carter Center um, as deputies of the Secretary of State's office, which many Republicans question and think is very odd. Yeah. So just many of the things he's doing, he is a Republican, but he's not building trust among Georgians. Jenny Beth, I want to get your reaction to uh, some of what Jack Dorsey said today, the CEO of Twitter. Uh, he was talking about this idea that this idea, <laughs> I say this idea of censorship. Hello, Twitter censors. We know that. Uh, but but he's in kind of denial mode. Here's a little bit of what he said. I want to get your reaction. More than a year ago, the public asked us to offer additional context to help make potentially misleading information more apparent. We did exactly that applying labels to over 300,000 tweets from October 27th to November 11th. 
which represented about 2.2% of all U.S. election-related tweets. We also changed how our product works in order to help increase context and encourage more thoughtful consideration before tweets are shared broadly. We're continuing to assess the impact of these product changes to inform our long-term roadmap. You know, Jenny Beth, what concerned me there at the end when he said thoughtful consideration, that's really nice. The Twitter is giving thoughtful consideration to what should be shared and what shouldn't be shared. Your thoughts? I, I think it's amazing that they're giving thoughtful consideration to the president of the United States and thoughtful consideration to the labels that they put over the things that the president of the United States, who is a duly elected president, says. Um, I, 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 they don't have transparency in their algorithms. We have no idea how they're determining what people can see. And I, my super pad, Tea Party Patriot Citizens Fund, actually filed a Federal Election Commission complaint against them because I think that some of what they were doing during the general election amounts to an in-kind contribution. And that is wrong. If you're going to give an in-kind contribution as a corporation, you have to fully disclose it and you have to have a super PAC. They have neither. And um, the I have to do that with my super PAC. I have to disclose every bit of money that comes in and every bit of money that goes out. They're mm -hmm. acting um, like a super PAC with some of what they're doing because the things that they are doing and the way that they are hiding some tweets and allowing others to stand mm -hmm. really has, it. there is a monetary value to it. Yeah. And I, I'm very disturbed by that. Frankly, I am enjoying being over in parlor and yeah. I like the fact that they treat us like adults and that we can make our own decisions over there. I believe that's where I say amen to that. Jenny Beth Martin with Tea Party Patriots, thanks for being here. Really appreciate this. Thank you. All right. Uh, boy, I tell you what, she's been on the front lines for a very long time. Tea Party going back, back in the day, over a decade now. I'm getting old. I remember covering that back in a moment. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back to the water cooler, everybody. Time for the last sip. It's a Thanksgiving last sip. Uh, how are you spending your Thanksgiving? Uh, look, look, I'm going to tell you straight up. Uh, we're going to have about 10, 12 people over at our house. This is true. I'm not making this up. This is not fake news. I mean, this is true. Uh, we're going to have about 12 people over our house, just kind of like the, you know, the, the, the family we like the most, the ones that we don't like. You know, they're not invited. Uh, so we'll have about 12 or so. Uh, and uh, look, that's, that's how we're going to roll. Now, I understand some people are basically going to be like pretty much on the couch with a TV dinner and inviting no one over, and that's fine. Uh, so here's the, what the CDC says, by the way, when it comes to Thanksgiving. Uh, like, who's that family, by the way? Uh, that's an impressive family. I don't know who they are. How do they end up on television? Uh, here, here's the CDC, uh, what they tell you to do if you're having a Thanksgiving uh, meal this time around. Uh, have a small outdoor meal, by the way. Don't, don't eat indoors, so have it outdoor, especially if it's like a snowstorm and it's like, you know, I don't know, minus 17 degrees. Go outdoors. Uh, limit the number of guests. Have a conversation with guests ahead of time to set expectations. Uh, you have to clean dis disinfect, they suggest, all of those frequently touched surfaces. Uh, if you're going to celebrate indoors, they say, look, make sure you 
you open the windows, uh, and they also want you to have guests bring their own food and drinks. So, you know, it's one of those situations where, like, what, everybody brings, like, a Thanksgiving baggie. Uh, you know, that's wonderful. So, so do whatever you want. Uh, look, Oregon, 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 Madison, what do we decide it is? Is it Oregon? Oregon. Okay. Uh, the, the governor there is a bit uh, frustrated because she wants to kind of clamp down on uh, Thanksgiving. Here's what she says uh, right there. Oregon Governor Kate Brown says large parties could trigger fines or jail time during uh, the coronavirus freeze. And how about what, uh, what's going on in Chicago uh, as well? The, the mayor there, Chicago's mayor, says you must cancel the normal Thanksgiving plans. And of course, we know uh, what's going on in California. You know, Gavin Newsom out there, and there have been a few other names for Gavin Newsom, which we will not say here on this program. But there are a lot of people frustrated with the governor of California out there for basically clamping down on not just churches, but on Thanksgiving uh, meals and uh, all these COVID restrictions all throughout the state. Uh, by the way, he says you have to limit, or pretty much he, he wouldn't want anybody to have any sort of private gatherings. Oh, by the way, he did attend his own own private gathering, it was found out, and then he had to apologize for that. So, you know, there is some hypocrisy to all of this. So bottom line, look, you have to do what's comfortable for you when it comes to Thanksgiving. There should be no COVID shaming, no Thanksgiving shaming whatsoever. You know, if you feel comfortable just having Thanksgiving with you and the turkey and the television and some football, great. If you want to invite 50 people, hey, knock yourself out. We're back in a moment. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the water cooler, everybody. Uh, here, it's the end of the show, uh, but at the beginning of the show, we had Laura Trump on, and she was talking about election fraud. The Trump campaign clearly concerned about it. Well, there are more concerns in the state of Nevada. For more on that, we're joined by Sophie Mann with JustTheNews.com. Hello, Sophie. Hi, David. I didn't call you uh, Sophie News. Maybe tomorrow we'll get it. <laughs> you want me to call you Sophie I kind of like it. It's kinda, it kind of brands you, mm -hmm. in yeah, a way. Yeah, sure. Like hey, uh, speaking of news, uh, uh -huh. Nevada, what's going on there? Nevada. So you're right. So there is significant news out of Nevada, which is yeah. that um, yesterday evening, the the state, uh, the county commissioner's office of Clark County overturned a full election race. So this is a small election race comparably with the United States presidential race, of mm -hmm. course, but um, it's not super frequently that you have an entire race flipped over. So mm -hmm. what happened was that for the county commissioner uh, race, the, the, two, the two competing entities ended up within a 10-vote margin of one another. Mm. 10 votes, not 10%, 10 votes wow. plain. Um, but of the 60,000 votes cast in the election, uh, more than 2,200 of them were thrown out at the end of the day, mm. meaning that, you know, for, for various reasons, um, improper balloting, you know, no address, just yeah. the things that we've been maybe hearing about. Maybe you're dead, who knows? Perhaps you're dead, maybe you yeah. don't live in the state. Um, <laughs> but, the, you know, the, the commissioner ultimately decided that... Uh, 
the the margin was so close that um, too many votes had been thrown away and they think that they're just going to redo the whole thing. Wow. This is significant news, particularly for the Trump campaign, who we know they were out there on the ground the day after the election, lanyards on, um, just mm -hmm. ready to begin these lawsuits mm -hmm. about um, potential malpractice and election fraud that right. had been happening there. So they're using this really as a, as a jumping off point to continue those lawsuits talking about how there, there certainly were discrepancies and, you know, now look like this, this entire race has been turned over and so yeah. there is some predicate for what we're trying to do here which is um, if not reverse the entire state results at least take a much closer look at what was happening with so many of these votes which have now been overturned. Well that's interesting because you have Nevada we have Georgia we know where they got a, what a plus 800 or so there yeah. in Georgia so it's like this trickle trickle trickle. Which we're seeing more and more results that certainly have a lot to do with what this, the, t the types of discrepancies that they're talking about whether or not it will be enough to flip an entire mm -hmm. election we don't yet know but um, it seems worth pressing on in their um, legal inquiries. And what a great trend because you will press on. I will. And you'll be here in, on every, uh, we call it the F block, but at the end of the yeah, show, you'll be here. my time. <laughs> yeah. That's right. All right. Thanks, Sophie. Thank you. Uh, coming on the show tomorrow, uh, big, uh, big get, not my mother. We're still working on her, but Kaylee McEnany uh, will be here. Uh, you've heard of her, right? She's not the White House press secretary, by the way. We'll talk about her title tomorrow. See you then.